Welcome to the Lips. Welcome to the 90th minute whistle podcast presented by Lips Sports. Um, I'm Mario. I'm here with my co-host Leon. Good evening. Uh, Leon just reminded me that a Champions League final got played <laughs> over the week. I did watch yes. the Champions League final, but um, in all fairness, I did forget today that we did just go to a Champions League final. How can um, you forget that? Like I said, this entire season felt anti-climactic to me. For some reason, it felt anti-climactic. It never had like... The past two seasons were like, just get it over with. That's what the season felt for the past two seasons. Um, Mario, regardless so, of what, as a Chelsea fan, how can you forget that a Champions League final happened? Because it's it, it's it didn't have the same atmosphere. What do you mean never have the same atmosphere? It didn't have the same art. Let's let's for example, 2012 when the Champions League final was between Bayern and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Football was won in somewhat of a more competitive space where the juggernauts were juggernauts. There was no one juggernaut that didn't have a world-class team. Like, everybody was undeniably world-class. Juve had a world-class team. There was no there was no missing parts in that team. Barca had a world-class team that got knocked out by Chelsea. Madrid had, a, had a absolutely world. There was no denying that. There was no, there was no, well, this team is missing some defenders at the back, like a Liverpool or... This team, or this is not an actual Real Madrid team, or Barca is going through a transition right now, or Chelsea. Chelsea didn't, nobody even expected Chelsea to win, in all fairness, because Chelsea is still somewhat going through a transition period themselves. So it's not like anybody did expect us to go this far. Yeah, but nobody expected Chelsea to beat City either. Well, I did. Like, uh, I, I watched the last. It was being thrown. It was being thrown the, the Champions League winners, you know. They were no, because that's what they no, all, all they had to do was just show up. No, but that, that's it. And I don't think they didn't show up. They got beat one nil. Like I've seen worse Champions League performances from winners, aka Liverpool. <laughs> I've seen worse from winners. Legit, I've seen worse performances from winners. Man, see, all right, you know what this? Re- all right, wait, 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 you know what? You know which match this reminded me of? Which one? Barca versus Arsenal, um, two thousand and six. Rijkaard versus versus Wenger. The reason why it reminds me of that match is that. Both teams were big names. Not, not just the tactics. That has to do with it as well. Because the t- both teams were, were, weren't at their absolute best, if you get what I'm saying. Like, Barca did not play like Barca that day, and Arsenal didn't 100% play like Arsenal that day. And keep in mind, we're talking about a very good Arsenal. We're not talking about the Arsenal that most kids grew up watching more. We're talking about right after the Invincibles, just two years ago, when they still had Henry up top. They still had 
great players around the pitch. And they were actually transitioning. They had a Cesc Fabregas, um, who was actually world class when he was very young. Um, I wouldn't know the class that he was brought up. Lemon, yeah. they still had, I think they still had Bergkamp in that squad as well. Pleb. Um, mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a lot more. Gilberto Silva was still in that squad. Um, big Brazilian guy. Yes, um, I think Ashiko was coming through as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that was the, that. I think it was. I think it was sometime after that year that Chelsea took him from from Arsenal. Because mm-hmm, I knew he was. I knew he was coming through, and it was very. Oh, it was a starter. There was a starter. It was like yeah, it was a starter. Yeah, because I knew they they picked him up. They picked him up very very um close. I think it was maybe a transfer, maybe two transfer windows later that they took him up. But um, personally, I wouldn't compare it to that final because one, this is not a case where two teams cancel out each other. This was more of a case of one team being one team just not knowing how to respond tactically. And we could also say that for reasons unknown to us, if we break it down, man for man, position for position, upon reflection, Chelsea dominated City. And unlike, unlike the two previous wins where they, they were fortunate to not go behind or to concede a goal, because you should remember, in the in the FA Cup semi-final, City threw away chances, easy, easy chances. In the in the league, they threw away again easy chances. But again, I don't see this as I don't think of this as a dominant performance. I know that we got the result that we wanted and we got it for we wanted. No, something, that's what I'm saying. I'm not um well they only had one shot on target in 90 minutes. I think City that's re- recorded. It. Their lowest expected goal. Granted, I, the I think, yeah, but I don't think that just that I don't think that is completely down to Chelsea being dominant. I think that Chelsea, um City players also didn't step up. Well, yeah, not every well, city, that, not every City player, not every City, but but City yeah, players that does still play a weren't playing. But it, if it, we let dissect how how Guardiola, like how he set that that City team. I don't think it has to do with this setup again. We've had tactical. No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking man to man. How he had, like the players that were in there. He had Sterling, De Bruyne, Morris as a front three. Foden, Gunnigan, Bernardo Silva, Zivchenko, Diaz, Stones, and Walker. No. He he gave Sterling and Morris to play on the touchline. So he as pushed usual. them up against Chelsea's wingbacks, as, as usual. usual. Right? Against then everybody, his, 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 his exactly. wingbacks actually play inverted in the midfield. Yes, and his fullbacks drifted inside to play. Now, the, what happened was, unlike previous matches where their wingers would still have the beating of Chelsea's Wing back because in the last two matches they did have the beating of the wing back. In this match, both James and Chilwell performed at a level that they have not performed at this season. Where Mares was completely nullified. 
Sterling I would was argue completely that, nullified. But I would argue that neither Morris or Sterling necessarily step up or, or played at the level that they were playing all season either. Yes, and I will I will not tell that away. I thought, City I thought, players did I thought not. both of them both of them were playing very safe. Yes, City players. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and the person said that the occasion got to these players. Yes, they were playing very safe. They don't take the risky passes that they usually would take. The one the, the one tools that they would, would risk and, and risk the counter attack on, they wouldn't risk that counter attack. No, but it's funny because in the system, how Guardiola had set them up. Like, if like for persons, for a lot of persons want to know why he didn't play with a, a holding midfielder. A purely holding midfielder? A pure holding midfielder. No, why didn't he play with a Raji? Why didn't he play with a yeah, pure, Bernardino? Pure why didn't he play with two of them, right? Right. In the first match that Chelsea played against City, in the FA Cup semifinals, they played both Rodri and Fernandino. And Mount, Werner, and Ziyech, but to be more specific, Mount and Ziyech was running circles around the two of them. And Rodri was constantly falling in, in the midfield. And it's not like the tactical fouls, like stupid fouls. In the league, Mount gave Fernandino the run around. He's old. No, he's old, exactly. No, the problem that exactly the problem Pep has is Fernandino has the experience, but he doesn't have the legs to keep up with Mount. No. Rodri has the legs, but doesn't have the experience, so he does stupid things on the field. No, going That's why this he, match, he actually he actually fits Simeone's style because of that because he's willing to ex- give away exactly. tackles, he's willing to bite in tackles. No, in a Champions League so final, are you going to that. run you that risk? Because this can easily be a red card because European refs are not as forgiving to constant fouling as refs in the Premier League are. I'm, I'm glad you brought up that point because hopefully, if I, I honestly plan this podcast completely different today. But because mm-hmm. um, I seriously, seriously did not know what I was supposed to start with. Or some almost yeah, like the top of 30. You see, the thing is, you made your prediction and your prediction was right on Friday. And since I posted that podcast on Friday, everything that you said on that podcast basically did set my prediction. My prediction was 2-1 Chelsea because I still think goals were going to be scored. Um, you said 1-0 um, for anybody who wants to see Leon speak from the Friday leading into the Champions League, this is for our last part. Because he said right. one nil. Yeah. So I thought that like, for some know, reason it just it, it just like slipped my mind. I literally even today when I was like because today I was now I was listening to podcasts and a lot of persons are like city fans are saying Pep owes them an explanation. And I can understand why they feel like a defensive midfielder would have stopped the goal from scoring. But I can explain like, to you why. But I can explain. But I can explain to you the simple reason why. Pep, um, because he doesn't have the, he doesn't have a defensive midfielder that is a experienced enough and b mobile enough to control that space between. Which is why I think Barca are going to. Which is why I think Barca are going to stupidly use Sergio. Because Sergio Roberto is naturally a, a midfielder, despite Barca foolishly using him at right back. 
Um, he's a natural midfielder. He understands Guardiola's system. Some people may not have him as a world-class player, but he's right under that when he's playing in midfield. I don't know if you want to judge him like that as a fullback. I think he's just a okay fullback. But as a midfielder... No, he's an okay fullback. Though. He's a very good midfielder. Exactly. I still wouldn't necessarily call him world-class, but Pep gets his prodigy that he gave the debut to. Um, and gave his Champions League debut to, who has experience in both the Spanish national team and um, and Barca for so many Basically, years. gets back a Philip Lam. Exactly. And this is somebody that he gave his debut. So, um, I think, I think that... Don't realize, Mario. He doesn't have that mixture of both. Um, as you know, but you know, I'm going to dissect the play, right? And a lot of fans won't be seeing this, but the goal that Havertz scored, Chelsea tried the combination three times in the match. The first time, Mendy to Chilwell, he put the ball into Mount, right? But there was nobody from Mount to put to get the ball into, right? Second time, Mendy to Chilwell. Walker pushes up to close down Chilwell. Right? When Walker pushes up to close down Chilwell, sorry, not Walker. Mares pushes to close down Chilwell. Walker stays tied to Mount. Mount receives the ball from Chilwell. He's unable to turn. The third time, Mendy to Chilwell. Mares pushes up. This time, Walker is unable to close yeah, well, this time was, yeah, yeah, well, is able this, to turn. Yeah, but this time it was on a counter. It was actually much quicker. No, it was not. Actually... Yeah, yes, that is true. But this is what happens, you know, because and, and, even and though that, it was and on a counter, the ball went back to Mendy. No, no, definitely. But what I'm saying is that pattern of play happens on both sides. It's not just, it's not just on that side. Exactly, and it is the same pattern of play. That happened in the previous two matches, which is why I said it feels a, it feels like an anticlimactic season. It does, but you know this is for the fans who who might not be seeing the, the play. You know. Now here's the question you're going to ask yourself: When Mount turned, Werner did a very smart, a very simple thing, right? Because Walker pushed up, Stones came across the cover. Because Stones went across the cover, Diaz came across the cover. Now, Zichenko was not paying attention to what was happening. I wouldn't say that. He was actually paying attention. He was just slow to come across. But, yeah, because he wasn't, he also wasn't go side of his because, man. No, and here's why. And here's why. Um, if I was to just be playing devil's advocate for Zinchenko, maybe him will come out and just say, well, a lot of concentration. But he got caught in decision-making at that point. And maybe this is just me as a failed fullback telling you how a fullback thinks sometimes. Mm-hmm. You don't know instantly sometimes if you should go across. You should, you know. You should. But what you're yes, also afraid you of... Well, 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 across. Yeah, so you should instantly just go across. But also, the sec- how, where I see Zinchenko second guess himself, because it looked like he was about to go across, 
and he still saw Hover, he still saw um, Kai in front of him, not goal side, but if you really watch Zinchenko's body movement, it looks like he's he's worried about the space that he's about to leave open. Which he really shouldn't. You just have to accept that, that that cross might happen. So it seems like in second guess, guess himself, and instead of coming across instantly, he ended up with an open space in between him and his center one. But that instant of second guessing, second guessing your movement causes goals like that. Because as you can see, everybody was coming across to that left-hand side of the field, or from a Man City's player's perspective, to the right-hand side of the field, right? That was opening a huge amount of space on the right. So if they played that switch pass, no, unfortunately, well, fortunately for Chelsea, they didn't play the switch pass. It was actually a good through pass played into the space that Zinchenko ended up leaving open. But if you watch exactly. Zinchenko, because, if you watch Zinchenko like in the play, know. he yeah. second-guessed his movement. Because it was, it, it, was like, it was like he was still caught in the mind. Should I go across and cut off Kai? Or what is happening in that space behind? Granted, the right decision is still to go across and take that risk. Yes, but even if he didn't go across, you know, the right... Like, you can understand from Zivchenko's point of view that if he if he gets go side of Kai, right? Which is just supposed then, to... There's no, there's no going around that. Yeah, it's the but, right answer. Like I said, playing devil's advocate, the switch of play from Mount to reach James into that open space is on. Would have been hell for him to recover. And that would have been an even more dangerous situation. Who, knew than... that the per- who was the one who played the pass? Chilwell, right? Yeah, Chilwell played it into Mount and Mount played that it into was a, that, that was an That was an unexpected through pass. I wouldn't say May- it's unexpected. No, no, when I say unexpected, when I say, un- no, no, when I say unexpected, I mean that, like I said, just looking, just trying to look from Zinchenko's perspective and having played as a fullback before, again, this is just my opinion. If you watch back the replay, it seems like he got caught in two months. Should I cut off Kai and try and try to get goal side? Or should I watch that space that I'm creating behind? The correct answer is always go across with the defender, leave that space open. But it seems like when Zinchenko saw the play happening, it seems like he didn't think that that was the pass I was going to Or, like I said, it's not that he didn't think that that was the pass, but the two passing options that were there. And people might hear us talking about this and say, well, Mario, that's one second in a football game. Trust me. Again, I'm not a, I've never reached to those heights of football, but if just from playing the little that I have here in Jamaica, that little second, you will second-guess yourself sometimes. Yes, game. and in, in top-level football, that second that you second-guess yourself That's what separates the top to from the bottom. That's what separates the top from the bottom. I'm playing at the goal right now, right? Yeah. When Walker pushes on, right, he leaves Stone to push up. But Stones is caught in no man's land because nobody is tight enough to mount. In the previous two times that Chelsea tried this, there was somebody tied to Mount, so it wasn't. It was hard for him to get the turn, right? You know, because you have to turn your body to create that to make that pass. Yeah. But you see, the, the biggest problem City had 
was instead of Werner being out wide or in the middle, Werner was between the two centre backs. Now yeah. a lot of persons won't even appreciate the run that Werner made. But, no, but that, run, that run that, that opens up space. space. Exactly. So because again, Diaz, Diaz knows all right. I can't catch Werner in a in a in a foot race. They were preventing, they so were trying to prevent the ball over to, the top. Exactly, because they know any ball played into Werner. Because funnily enough, Monk had two options, you know. Monk could have played the pass over the top into Werner, let Werner run onto that pass. He cuts it back. Havertz is there. Similar to how he cuts it back for ZH to score in the FA Cup semi-final. You see me? So, this, this pattern of play is the same pattern of play that City was cut open with before, and it is the same pattern of play that Chelsea used again to cut them open. Well, like I said, and you know, it's funny, you know, yeah, bro. because bro. if the goal never scored, Edison gets a red card because he handed the ball outside of his box. True, but I think Pep would rather, I think Pep would take that risk. No, I think in Pep's defense, no, a lot of City players are saying, oh, with a holding midfielder be right there to, to block off that passing lane. No, you can say yes, probably. A holding midfielder would be there. But a holding midfielder Here's why would I probably be the one closing down Here's why on, I on the ball. Here's why I disagree with Last season, Man City had this similar problem. Right? Mm-hmm. And they had Rodri and Fernandinho last season. Fernandinho was, I think, injured a lot. But Rodri was playing a lot last season. City gave up goals right outside of their penalty area. That's where the, the, that's where the majority of goals from, from last season, right above that penalty area. One of the things about City's mm-hmm. defensive midfielders that you kind of still have to give Guardiola credit for is they don't play like Busquets. They're defensive midfielders, but they don't play like Sergio Busquets or necessarily at Casemiro. City's defensive midfielders have almost been out to play like a register. If me and you and I will understand what I mean, meaning that instead of dropping in between the two center backs and creating a third center, that's not the usual motion they take. They play similar to registers, where you kind of sit in one place in the midfield and your defense usually pushes up into that space. So registers often don't get exposed. Your center about moves up to you, not you dropping to them. Yeah. So the problem with that is City, one, don't have a box-to-box midfielder. Well, they can call Gundogan that to some extent because he works as hard as a box-to-box midfielder despite being a baby. So De Bruyne, is a, De Bruyne and Hamstick are the same in, in, in their playing style, meaning that despite their attacking creativity, they work as hard as box-to-box midfielders. So maybe Pep would still be okay with that. But 
in cities in cities case there are different in midfielders and maybe you can say this is a Guardiola thing for some reason at Man City he hasn't had a defensive midfielder because Fernandinho is not wasn't a natural defensive midfielder. Was a central. But remember, he wanted Jorginho. Exactly. That's my point. He isn't going for the classic. Um, sitting in front of my backline, Thiago Mata, Sergio Busquets. He's looking for more mobile help push. Because remember, Fernandinho scored um scored some goals from distance. Um earlier in Pep's reign when they were winning the title. Which year did they win the quartet? Um, Whatever year that was, Fernandino was popping up yeah, the from outside of the box. Yes, yeah, so Fernandino was popping up the goals from, because again, he's not an alternate defensive midfielder. Either. He's a central midfielder who, because of his technical ability, because of his ability to read the game and his high energy, is the same thing with Ramirez at Chelsea. Eventually, Chelsea used Ramirez in a different midfielder because of that energy. But he's still not, he was still naturally a box-to-box midfielder. Same thing with Fernandino. And Rodri, you might have bought Rodri and thought that he would be the answer, but even he kind of likes to push up a little bit. So he does yes, and, and against and against Chelsea before I let you like speak with against mm-hmm. Chelsea under no circumstances are you pushing up your center box any close exactly because like right, let's see and this is what this is what I said to you that if there's one team Pep does not want to play it's Chelsea it's not just because of the history that he has against Chelsea but Chelsea is the only team in the Premier League that has the tools to, to exploit his playing style. Exactly. Which is why I said that, um, you remember when the semifinals were coming around and I said, who do you want to play? PSG or Man City? Yeah, and I, I remember I was, saying, I was saying PSG before. And then when I you read like, it, eh? I was like, no. Yeah, City, like, actually, eh? City actually makes yeah. better sense. Because we've had here Marco. I would be much more scared of Mbappe running at that back three and Neymar trying to dribble. As much as I think Kante would still give Neymar a run for his day, what Neymar does when, when with defensive midfielders is that this one, it keeps them from going forward. So all of the things that, that Kante does defensively He is has good. the ability to attract players to him that's my problem. And he has the ability space. to beat the players that he attracts to him. Exactly. But also, defensive midfielders can't. It's like how Kante has had that high energy and he can... And he can um, yeah, whenever you're playing a 3-5, a 3-4-3 a three, a three, three system, you need your, your two... One of your midfielders has to move forward. To be able and to if move he forward. fails, if he fails to move forward, the system collapses. Yeah, because those players that go out wide, like a lot, a lot, a lot of persons believe that. Oh, yeah, man, just pin back the wing box and you're good. No, mm-hmm. if you're able to stop, if you're able to stop the, that midfield pivot from rotating, yeah, like like a rubber band, one going forward, one dropping. If you're able, one if you're able to deep. pin back those two, those two defensive midfielders. Then you you kill 
the line between the front three. And you pull and Kai, and, no, you pull Kai and Exactly. And one, once you pull the, the front three back, then the, the system has collapsed. Yeah, so now you're going to bring on Olivier Drew to stand up there and take long margin. And and exactly. And then, yeah, because now you're unable to, to beat the press. Exactly. So when you I, look at, I remember, go on, go on, I go think, on. Yeah, like, I wouldn't say not playing. I, I believe that if I was Pep, I would have started at a Jesus Arcun. Because in a match like this, playing a false nine against one of the, who's going down in the record books as one of the all-time great midfielders in Angola Kante, was madness. I wouldn't necessarily say that. No, I would because you, what you're doing now, you're asking De Bruyne is, yo, be better than Kante. No, but from... But that's, literal, remember, that's literally what you're doing. No, but De Bruyne is also of that ilk. I remember he did get injured in the match. Like he did get injured even before he didn't do anything. It's not like no, he was influential in the match. Yeah, but at the same time... Because every was, time he dropped into midfield as a false nine should, he had an N'Golo Kante right there on, on top of him. And that's no problem. But here's the thing. Like I said, if Mares and Sterlings did not play as conservative as they did, it would have freed up more but, space. You know, I wouldn't even say because... I wouldn't say Sterling played conservative because, funnily, Sterling getting a lot of criticism as, oh, why did he start Sterling? But Sterling was their most no, dangerous attacker. Saying, no, I'm not saying no from runs in behind. Yeah, but that's I'm the saying the Mares and Sterling I'm tried not the trick. About that. They I'm tried not to run in behind. No, what I'm saying is I, will, I I wouldn't say that they did much as they as they should or they would usually. I don't think they got a performance from those two. Granted, Reese James did well against Sterling. I'm not saying that our fullbacks didn't have an effect on that. But both of those guys played played within themselves. Like I said, the riskier things that they would do. You, you remember you remember that goal that Mario scored when he was playing for Leicester City against Chelsea? Yeah. Where literally turned back a hundred times, fake a hundred defenders and still anything on the top corner. He was playing much more conservative than that. And because of that, City couldn't move the ball how they wanted to. It seemed like they were trying to have the, the perfect match rather than play football. If you know basically, nobody that wanted to be the one. Basically, nobody wanted to be the one that fucked them. Because if you over dribble in this match, one ball over the top, we're not gone. And I remember again, you know, another person said to me, "No, Leon, no, no, no. What was City's problem?" Fact that Chelsea beat them two times. Exactly. They're shit scared of the counter attack. Exactly. They know what the threat is. But what I think Guardiola was trying to do was trying to say, all right, let's turn this into a shootout before shoot we out. even put exactly. on before we even put on the actual shootout. That's why I didn't have a problem with inventing Jesus and Aguero. Because I knew that in the second half. Pep was expecting, which is why, why I think I said 2-1 was my prediction. I said there's no way Pep is not going to try and turn this into a shooter. 
Yes, because he's going to try and exploit the fact that Chelsea strikers are not clinical. They're not in form. So he wants to turn it into a shootout. The problem is, in the very early hours of the minutes into the match, Werner had two perfect chances where if this was Leipzig, Werner, it would be two nil down for 20 minutes. No, but again, Pep wants that. Pep wants you to play open. Yeah, but what Pep didn't... You see, like, I, can, I know, I knew, I knew why Pep wanted it to turn into a shootout. Is so the only way Pep believed that Kuchel was going to allow this to become a shootout, then he was mad. No, I don't think he was allowed to become a shootout. I am trying to force your hand. I don't yeah, think but it's you know, okay. It is one thing, and this is where I say the ghost of Jose Marino is still in every Chelsea dressing room. And even in Europe, going all the way back before Roman Abramovich even bought Chelsea, from the days where we were winning the, 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 the Cup Winners' Cup, all those decades are going black and white. In Europe, Chelsea knows how to defend. No, but all right, all right, let me, all right, let me, let me give you a, let me throw a situation. What did you no, I'm, saying, to? No, I'm just saying, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like you going up against Atletico Madrid and then you say, no, I'm going to turn this match into a shootout. How These are teams that will allow you to pummel them. They will allow you to come on to them because they know you're not breaking them down. No, but here's the thing. It's not a matter of breaking it down necessarily. What I think Pep didn't want to do was make the same mistake he made in the semifinals in 2012. Mm-hmm. What Pep did with that Barca team was we're going to control possession and eventually we'll break them. Okay? Chelsea, right? Yeah. That's not what I think he tried to do this time. No, this he, time. no. In this game, in this game, the aim was to hit us on the transition. And he had, he had, there were a couple of chances where Mount had one, not Mount, sorry, Sterling had one, Foden had one, we are brilliant, tackled by Rudiger. Yeah, but they were also um, trying to score the perfect goal. That, that as well. But they were able to hit Chelsea on the transitions. I think the biggest problem that they had, that I think, I think to me the city's biggest problem was the occasion was too much for them. They have no history at this level. I don't want to say it was that way for everybody because not like they played badly. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They just played safe. The passes were safe. And I think, yeah, I think that might be the biggest thing because. Chelsea's passes was not safe in this match. They were looking for the balls over the top. They were, they were looking for the balls in behind the midfield into the defense. They were playing the ball into City's press and trying to break, break the press by playing the ball on the ground. And exactly. I think you once said it to me that as a footballer, you can be your own worst enemy by, yeah. by you not trying the risky stuff because it is the risky stuff that wins you games at this level. And that's and that's Playing one of the things gets you nowhere. And you see, that's one of the things that's very difficult as a footballer. Let me try to speak from our game. I never made it mm-hmm. to a high heights, certain heights in football. But one of the things I know that every footballer 
encounters at some point in, in their life, whether it is going at, at to a high school level or younger than that, you try to find the balance between being taking risks on the field and playing with enough discipline to make the team. One of the crazy things about football that I realize is that for it to work under a coach like Pep Guardiola, on a certain like successful coaches, a certain level of discipline has to be there. But you know, I'm looking back in the Maria, something just came to me while you were speaking. Yeah. If you look at all the teams that have beaten Pep's side, they're all the same. Yeah, they are. They're all Except the same. The only Stand one that was the, the only type. The only one that beat him that was similar to him was the Barca team of Luis Enrique. And that was because his Bayern team was playing a similar style. But let's look at it. Yeah, so I said the same. No, that's what, yeah. They, they, they took him apart on the counter, blistering counter-attacks. Exactly. When, when he took like, his one-year sabbatical and he went to Bayern, he started to plug the gap that positional play has at a lost team on the counter. But as Jurgen Klopp showed you, and when you evolved that Gengen pressing style of football, these managers know how to exploit and break apart your, you know, your, your protective system. So, top Liverpool, the fame, they, they, they were, uh, there was a spell of games where people was unable to be club because playing against Liverpool is the exact worst thing for him because their style of play is a direct counter to how he plays. Exactly. How they play is his natural weakness. And it's the same thing when you look at um, Bielsa. Bielsa's style of play has the same, has the same weakness. The only difference is that Bielsa tries to overwhelm you with sheer numbers in your final third. But if you're able to beat that initial press, as a lot of as Leeds United has found out, you're left exposed. Yeah, but also so, um, Bielsa never has had has a fundamental has a fundamental flaw in it. Which is why he inverts his pullback, because he's trying to he's trying to stop teams from cutting to the middle of the pitch and force Indeed. them out exactly. wide, where it's easier for you to defend that team coming down the coming down on in, in, in your fullback position than to defend that team that's in your half spaces. Because that's where majority of passes and goals are scored from in the half space. If a winger right. is trying to cut inside and shoot, it's probably going. To, the fullback is probably going to get there back in time to to block the shot or to do something of that sort. So, all right, being that you drag out, being that you drag this one to the champion league final, because all of this could have been said in half an hour. Being that you drag this out, I forgot my podcast um, plans. <laughs> Very funny. Um, what should we do for the next 25 minutes? 
25 minutes? Did we not start on time? Yes, Scott. No, we did not start on time. We started 15 minutes late, so we try to get about 15 minutes and uh, nine minutes left. I blame you for that, sir. I blame you for that. What I want to talk about, you know, is another, it's not football related. I have a plan for my right. like, I had a plan. I had right. a layout, you know. Anyways, I know you're supposed to hear about this, and this is probably more for the Live Sport podcast than anything else. But it's tennis. No, 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 we're no, not no, talking no, about no, a tennis no, match. No, 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 we're not going to discuss this amount of football. We are not discussing this amount of football. No, no, we need we need to touch on it. And look how I'm no, going to tie it into football. No, no, I know how you play tie it into football. Can we do this on our on another podcast? It is difficult. No, but we have to make mention. We cannot. No, they no, cannot. Leon, Leon, Leon. No, no, Leon, no, but Leon, that, you cannot find somebody who tells you that I won't do your interviews because of my mental health. And she tells you that she's struggling with oh depression God. and anxiety. Oh and you're going to find her $15,000. Know that um, no well, future Leon, of the sport justifies that she's just going to walk out. Leon, um, fine, 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 Leon, fine, fine, we'll discuss fine, that fine. On, on sports podcast. We'll discuss that on sports fine. podcast. We're not but I'm just saying, it's we'll not just tennis alone this is happening. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll discuss that. We'll just, we'll, that's, again, you're bringing up conversations that can end in five minutes. We have uh, time. All right, let me show you how simple this Aguero to Barca thing is. Long overdue to... What's the long overdue? What do you mean long Everybody, hold on a stop. Everybody did expect it to happen. Three, it doesn't really change much at Barca until I see who is the manager. And Why who is doesn't the it change squad. much? Because I don't and know who is the still cut it at, at, at the of top Of course level. he can. Of course he After can. After being injured for the entire season. Yes, yes. And we've seen, well, on the first and foremost, first and foremost, we've seen players with worse injuries come back in that league. As a matter of fact, most players who go back to the league end up regaining some level of close to work as well. Which is why I thought one matter is that a snail's place. It's not as a snail's place, you're over exaggerating. It's a completely different style and English football. It's not slow, actually. It's not. It's not. Compared to the Bundesliga, it's not physical. It's not. It's not. It's not physical. It's not physical. No, no, I disagree with that. It's not physical. Everything is just done on ball play, which is also a problem because when you do too much tiki taka football without direct football, um, that's what sometimes makes people think that it is slow because um, of the amount of passing that most teams do. So they don't play that um, physical get-into-your-face constantly football where you have Gagan pressing in Germany and English football is English football. So is it at the same pace now? But I want to say snail's pace. Syria plays slower than, 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 than La Liga. Yeah, Syria is snail's pace. That's like, That's those, are chess snail's pace. those are chess matches. Those are chess matches. Yeah, those are football matches. That's the area well, yeah, of the and, his, and his style of football was so exciting and so it was so something it was it was so it was so new to Italian Catanaccio style the way he did a 4-4-2 diamond that 
it was it, it felt completely different. It felt we were watching something else. They played much faster, much quicker passes. But yeah, again, I can't I, I can't say Aguero moves the needle until I say that. Because again, him and Messi are going to have a good relationship. But who's going to be in the front yeah, but three? You know, are we using you... our front three? And who's going to ah, be our so yeah, These four? are the questions that I'm asking you because you're saying it's not going to move the needle. What moves the needle? No, no, no. Where do you, you, you go mean, from hold here? On like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Have whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, we have whoa, a whoa. month. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You kind of misplacing what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he doesn't move the needle. I cannot tell you how far the needle is going to move if I don't see the rest of the squad. I cannot bring Aguirre. For example, we had Luis Suarez at a world-class level playing in a 4 4 2 formation under Valverde. That never yeah. helped Luis Suarez or Messi any help win the Champions League any better. And they were That's both the thing. world-class. He was a poor man's marina. So again, until I see who the manager is going to be, and right now Coleman and Laporta are at a war of words. Yes, I know. Um, Coleman's agent came out and he said something. They, he gave an interview somewhere along the lines of, it's like your wife telling you that, oh, I don't feel like being in the relationship right now, but I still want to be in the relationship. Let me fuck you until I find somebody else. That's basically what's Basically. Going and that's what, and Coleman doesn't like that. And I yeah, because in all like fairness, that. in all fairness, in all fairness, Coleman just literally, Coleman just, Coleman's decision to go to Barca messed up two, messed up two things, actually. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love Frank de Boer. I thought he needed more time at Inter. Because they were actually playing good football, the squad just needed time to gel. Because mm-hmm. a bunch of different random pieces were thrown together. Shouldn't have taken the Crystal Palace job. You basically mess up your own reputation with that. But I see how a project like that could interest you. Every club gets a hundred million, and everybody feels like they want to win a lot of money. So I could see how, and you were bringing in Dutch players like Reed, Ewald, and those guys from Ajax. So you had a link to some good youngsters. Managed even to convince mayor from Germany not to go to goddamn Bayern and go to Palace. But my point is, that boy is not getting what what Coleman was getting out of this uh, Dutch national team. Yep. How they were playing. And I believe. You remember that match against Germany? Remember that match against Germany? Of course I remember that. That is not the Dutch Dutch team going into into the... um, you're no, right. I do not fear. I do. I do not fear this Dutch team going into the Euros. I fear France. I fear nobody else but France in the Euros right now. Exactly. So and that, my group, and that Dutch team was right. Was like the the, the third best team in Europe when they beat. Yes, that that Dutch team. I was I was very afraid of them. And now you get no on top of that. You're about to get you're about to get fired, and you can't even say okay. Let me go take about the Dutch national team job. Because one they gave it to the board, which they had to do by goddamn process of elimination. There was nobody else. Exactly. Um, because they kind of screwed them over. Exactly. And it's not and it is and it was his dream move. So it's not like the Dutch national team can really it was his dream move. So 
everybody know that Coleman has always wanted to go back to Barca. He's a, first, he's a former Barcelona player. Majority of former Barcelona. And, and Barcelona hires majority of its older players. Frank Rijkaard. Laurent Blanc has always been linked back to the club. Jose was upset what that is he, he was chosen. Laurent Blanc? Yeah, what is he doing? Watching the French League burn before his eyes before him to coach a goddamn club. <laughs> Watching the French League burn before his eyes. Before him to coach no, a club. No, because no, because trust me, like the French League has some good young managers coming up. Lad. I do want to give them credit. The, the guy who took over Nice after Patrick Vieira needs some shout yeah. out. Claude Puel is doing well with San Etienne. Um, he always, but he always did well. Yeah, he was always a good manager. Wrong place at the wrong time with Leicester City. Because it's not like Leicester City have a squad that they have no under. Uh, yeah, but it's not like they were performing badly under him either. He laid the groundwork for them to be the team that they are now. Ah, well, I can't deny they that. Just, they, just, they, just never, they just never wanted to fully believe in his style of play. And it's funny, no, under Brendan Rodgers, they're fully doing it. Exactly. So when I look at um, League on, but I'm saying Rudy Garcia takes over Leon. Lille's manager is officially, or I think he's officially departing the club after this League on. Um, Marseille was dying before Sam Pauli. Before Sam Pauli. Marseille, they life support both both drop out of Europe completely. And Sam Pauli did have a jump in. You're watching the team bored though. That you brought to a title. You are what you are watching them, even though they've been playing better as of late. Granted, they've they've had a very improved season this time, not in the relegation battle, but not necessarily jumping into the first half of the table. But that's better than fighting for relegation. Which is what they've been doing for a And it's a bunch of young players, so you can't really look on them sideways because it's a bunch of Yeah, because they don't keep good players for more than more than a season. Exactly. That squad is in a permanent state of transition. And they're about to lose Ab- um, Abdel Adli from, that they signed from PSG Academy. I, I, they're probably going to lose him. Well, so, but that, that squad is always in a transition. Exactly. So, we can't keep them when they're it's already... Funny are because he's revered at Bordeaux. He can walk up to that board, you want knock on the door and start. I feel like it's time to come back into management. Yeah. Monaco had to go to Kovac. Granted, Kovac has done well, so um, he's done well. Yeah, but, but what you what you're literally saying is this man can come in and save, save and any save club, any anyone, pick one, and there's none that is going to say no to him. Marseille were rivals with his border team, and I guarantee you, if, if he had knocked on Marseille's door, they would say yes. Yeah, because he's a revered figure in France. From in the French World football. Cup. He won the Euros, you know? the World Cup as a, as a player. He was a Barcelona player. He played in French football. I, I actually don't remember which team he actually played for. Um, he was actually a Marseille player at one point. I know that at one point. But I don't think he was his mm-hmm. most successful spell in French football. I know he's played for other French teams. So not only are you revered as a legend... You have the managerial ability because you've shown it in that league. Yes, with, with a you, team with you, you money want... and a team without money. Exactly, in both situations. That border team had three star players that were from their from their show: Marwan Shamak, Johan Gorkov, 
and they bought an Argentine who never really became world class, but he was a good enough strike partner. His name is Sivatri. He's actually the captain of Racing Club right now. And you see, if I did actually do the podcast based on my notes, we'd be talking about Racing Club and some other stuff. But I'll do that the next day. Um, but yeah, Lauren Blanc can literally save Ligon from drowning by even just going to somebody that can compete with PSG to make it interesting. Well, Liz made it interesting this year. Granted, but nobody, but nobody ex hundred percent. Unless you're just a French youth follower, you you didn't expect Liz to come come out with the It's only the people who watch the French league would have realized that oh, Liz has been buying up players um over the years because yeah, yeah because Yaki's they have one of the best. They have one of the best directors of football in European football. This They've man knows where to find the. Know where to find those gems. Him, him steal Angel Gomez from, from, from Manchester United for free. Him take Renato Sanchez um, out of deep depression. Yep. And he keeps finding small gems. He took Jonathan David from the Belgian League. Um, from, from game. Lost to Chelsea wanted him so badly. Then he brought up academy players like Ikoni and Jonathan Bamba. And the goalkeeper, I can't remember his, his name, Nianga or something like that, who should be up for French national team talks, even as a third choice keeper, even just to go to the third. And that back four that he, that he built in, guys like Selik and Batman and all of these young guys, he's the one who brought them up. So, like I, say, I knew Chelsea wanted him when he was a free agent. But he decides that he's going to leave instead of coming to Stanford. Smart Bridge. move. Smart move. In all Maybe fields. smart move. Smart move. Why? Because he was coming from Genk. You didn't know how competitive like he could actually be. No, but everybody knew he was a he was a damn good scout. No, definitely. And a director of football. No, 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 no. Oh, you mean director of football. In Europe. Okay, okay. No. Yeah. No. Oh, it's about the director of football. Oh, no. Well, he, yeah. I, I guess, like I said, if you want to prove yourself somewhere else first. And again, for, di- well, about, for a director of football, you know, remember that a football project Bro, kind of like Louis a Campos is revered. I know. I know. I know. He, he was Monaco's director who brought up because under him, that Monaco built that yes, team. Yes, that Bernal, built that team under Yard. Mbappé. Mbappé I would, even, whoa, whoa, even, even before that. Even before that. Even before that. I would say from the Falco Harmes days. Yeah, because he was there from 2013. Exactly. So he built up. But this year, like when he was at Real, Real Madrid, he was out there you know, getting, you know, but when but he, he was still under the guys of Paris, was, football, yeah, well, he was still under the guys of Paris. Monaco? Yeah. Oh, God, man. I'm telling you, man. He... And when he was free, you know, like Chelsea wanted, they wanted him so badly. He would have been the one to replace the Visor or the Vizier, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. You know, Roman Abramovich, long-time scout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one that brought up Lukaku and Coachua, De Bruyne and Hazard, the world and people there. Yeah. Oscar, those guys, yeah. And it's funny, it 
he did an interview on the eve of the Champions League and he said that to this day, because he works for Chelsea part-time-ish, no? But he's like 70-something and he's about to retire. He said that it hurts him to see De Bruyne playing for City. Yeah, because we took a golden generation from Belgium. Yes. Literally all I, of I them. That's, so I know, like so, you say, Hazard did it. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, because if you look at it, um, we took their spine. Hold on, we took Lukaku from Andal, who was the best team and my favorite team in Belgium. Mm-hmm. They suck, by the way. At, at this point, all of my teams are. Why are all of my teams at, at, at seven years in their table? Literally every corner of the globe where I saw with that team, then 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 they close they, they close to the champions league for them. Anyway, that's a that's a podcast for another day. Yeah, but um, they look at it in you know, like, like we had what? We had Kochwa. No, but I'm trying to show you the, the, the how how we took those players. We took mm-hmm. uh, we took De Bruyne from Ghent. We took yep. Porto from Genk, because there's Ghent and Genk. Yeah, we took there's one from Genk. One from Gen, we took one from Anderlecht, and, and one from Lille, and then we took one from Lille. And of course, Hazard was already ahead of his class because yeah, he again, was, he was, so yeah. he was already winning Liga. Wow. Hazard was the only one that was, was the only one player. of his generation was a, was that was player. already, yeah, he was already a key person winning the league for. Lille as the, the top and, scorer. And he was league. already and he was already playing in the Belgian national team. He was already in the national. So that's that was above of everybody else in his year group. Yeah, definitely. And it showed that he was the only one that could walk into the squad and be a starter. Definitely. Coach Wa- exactly. could have as well, but you, you were not replacing Petacek. Yeah, not inside. So we sent uh, you to uh, to Atletico Madrid, which again is not a bad place to be, because you went into Atletico Madrid as a starter. Lukaku, okay, then. Lukaku was yeah. De Bruyne and Lukaku were the two that was you're like okay, but De Bruyne was a star at Werder Bremen. Yeah, but that's when he, he left Werder Bremen a star. There. No, no, well, yes, that's we said, we said to him, 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 we said in that starting eleven, William was actually. Let, let's even take Mata out because Mata was on the bench. Was he replacing Hazard, Mata, William? Was Hazard, he better Oscar, than Mata at that at Oscar at that point? But he time? wasn't better. But, was. but even one Mata, one Mata was better than Oscar as well. But yes, and Mata exactly. Those they just prefer exactly because Oscar was more into the pressing, the trap backing than Mata yeah. was. That was the old, that was the only difference. Why Oscar was played. So Jose already has a backup number 10 on the bench who can start in his team. And damn near one Chelsea player of the year, two years running. 
and and is the most creative player in, in the squad at that point in time. Willian was actual Willian. And he was a winger. Scoring, assisting, exactly. And you because brought in Willian Shirla to, as well. You brought in World Cup winning Shirla. A winger and a forward. Who was one of the best super subs Chelsea has ever had. Because every time he's and he should not have been a super so in our appearance again, guys like Marco and Marco. No, he, no, he should have been. Oh, there, there, was still, there was still questions over him and his game. Even but the same show you Marion couldn't even start. Exactly. And because I remember player. you said this to me once. Yeah. What Chelsea used to do back then was they used to watch all these youth World Cups, under 21 World Cup, under 18 yes, World Cup, under 21 Euros. And... I would just go there and just buy up all of the star players from those. Exactly. Because um, Ulysses Davila and um, Oscar played against each other in the finals of the, 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 the World Cup, of the, of the under 20 World Cup. So Oscar was starting as the attacking midfielder for Brazil. Ulysses Davila was starting for um, Mexico in that final. And Chelsea bought both those two attacking midfielders who were the best players. Because yeah, I remember even they said like Gail, Ka- Gail Kakuta. The first, last well, Gail Kakuta was an academy girl. So Gail Kakuta, Van Anholt, That One of the things that you hated with Chelsea at that point in time was that mm-hmm. they would just see all these stars. All of them would just buy them. And then they just there. Yeah. Piazan, Piazan was another one, but he was from the under-17 world. Yep, so under Oscar, 17. And, Oscar and, and Davila were from the under-20, and, and Piazan was from the under seven. And they did the same thing in Europe. Oh, yeah, we can disappear. Well. That's, that's how we got the name, the Lone Army, because it was a conveyor belt. Um, so, when we bought Bertrand Shearer, when we bought Bertrand Shearer, he was a 16-year-old in oh, the African uh, uh, Company yeah. for his country. Mm-hmm, exactly. I would do some backdoor dealings to bring him into the Exactly, because he was a country. 16-year-old playing for his national team. And he should have been here in the first place. <laughs> we're not talking about under-20 World Cup. We're talking about the African Cup of Nations. 16-year-old yep. Bertrand Shearer was starting and was the star of that team. Breaking FIFA rules. Players under the age of 18 must not, in different continents, must not, must not transfer to another continent or to another club. They're all, the only circumstances that that happens is if the family moves, and the family must be moving for non-footballing reasons. Yes, you have to find a welcome fit, yeah. I won't, like, I won't, you know, I, I won't lie to you. Sometimes I ask myself, you know, what if? No, what if we had kept Salah? What if we had kept Lukaku? What if we had kept De Bruyne? You know, what if we had kept Hazard? We wouldn't have enough space in the squad forever. Yeah, but you know, I always say to myself now, when City went to buy Wolves, buy, buy De Bruyne, right? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we step in and buy him back? We still had Oscar at the time. Yeah, but if yeah, but at that point in time, Debra was the better player now. Granted, but was still Debra. Debra was a bit of a late bloomer. And then not only that, you have to also remember Debra would be coming back to a country team. That exactly. didn't really fit his playing style. No, it wouldn't be a country team. 
It would, it would be right after jo- Yes, it would be right after Ophaya Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be a Conte team, yes. And I don't know how many players are psyched to be in a Conte team. True, but at least make the attempt. Uh, well, we'll do we'll okay. time now. Well, like, we'll even look now. at Salah. Let's do Salah as the end point, you know? Right. After said, when was nobody not keeping track of Salah? Yes. Was, he because was this guy scored. He's, he scored what? 15 at Florentino? Yeah. 20 at Roma? Yeah. 20 again at Roma? That's when he was permanently a Roma player. Second time. Yes. The second First time. time was alone, yeah. Yes. I would, and I said to myself that, yo, don't you guys feel like, say, yo, we should have probably bring him back after time score 20 plus goals for Roma? You still had William and Hazard as your starting winners. So you still believe in Yeah. High inside, high inside, high inside, high inside. But I remember you said that Chelsea only bought Salah because he was a the every time. Of course. Basel. Every time we play Basel, whether it was Champions League or Europa League. Hey, yeah, he and to prevent him. and 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 to prevent other things from getting him, and that's one of the next things about Chelsea that many yes, that was something that we, we would buy a lot. player. We would we would buy a Just player. So your next team can't league. get you. Yeah. And then loan him off the next team. Uh, so thanks for listening right, yeah. to the Lipsworth podcast. Um, thanks to my co-host. Hopefully, I can get to the Libertadores and a bunch of other stuff because. Well, I'm trying to have fun with a lot of the other leagues in football. Libertadores. It's been it's been oh, entertaining. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil is hosting. You said so. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. They've been having talks over who should host the tournament. Um. It was yeah. Brazil is hosting. Colombia, Argentina, Argentina can do it. Yeah. So Argentina and Colombia had to pull out of it because it was it was between the both. It was I wouldn't say between. It was a shared tournament between both countries. So some yes, of the, was shared, but yeah. So neither of those countries. Yeah, so Brazil will be the destination. That should take some pressure off of Messi and, and company. Because what, what what we thought was going to happen was that Colombia, because Colombia were the ones who pulled out first. Yes. Argentina was still up to a couple of days. Like, all right, we'll see. Yeah, what it was this. up up to today. It was actually up to today that exactly it was switched from Argentina to Brazil. Exactly. So um, because over the weekend. It was Argentina. Just strictly and I Argentina. That on Friday, just strictly Argentina. But today, it was announced that um, it's going to Brazil. All right. So Brazil are the defending champions. They have to prove it on their home ground. Uh, yeah, but they've never actually done it. So that that's actually plus for Argentina right there. When was the last time they won on their home ground? Oh, the tournament on their home ground because you realize yeah, that they're their home champions. Ground. I said, I know they're defending champions and winning on their home ground. Oh, the, oh um, in, in Kakadis. Kakadis. Kaka and Robinho be the shooter of the Argentina. Exactly. So, so yeah. Um, you said something earlier that um that I wanted to bring up, man, before we end mm-hmm. With the Mexican, um, that I wanted to bring up. Because I wanted to bring up something in the Mexican league. You said that European yeah. coaches go like um, bad falls, right? Yeah, they're not as lenient. European refs, yeah, leaders are not as lenient. Yes, we. Well, with the problems. refs in the refs in Mexico are the best because these guys had an all-out brawl and got two yellow cards. 
Exactly. 